Hello, listeners, and welcome to 2017 and another episode of The Partial Historians. Oh, woo. Uh, that's my crowd going wild. My crowd is made up today of one lovely... Dr. Greenfield. <laughs> and I am always Dr. Radness. Welcome one, welcome all. We're uh, continuing to trace our journey of the history of Rome from the founding of the city itself. Could it get any more exciting? I know. I mean, I feel like we've been doing this for a while now, and yet we're still in very (laughs) early days. So strap yourselves in, guys. I'm beginning to realise just how long the Roman rule really was. I know. I'm starting to feel like in 40 years' time, you and I will be sitting going, (laughs) Welcome, listeners of the Partial Historians. (laughs) We've partially finished the history now. (laughs) We're up to Augustus. (laughs) Look, if we get to Augustus, I'll be really pleased. Me too. Anywho, enough about that. Welcome to 2017 and brand new Partial Historians. We are doing some small stuff on Coriolanus today, I think. We are. Yeah. Coriolanus. Man, this guy just keeps on going. Yeah, I know. He's become like the new Tarquinius. <laughs> <laughs> he haunts our dreams. Yes, but dare I say he's lasted even longer. It feels that way. It feels that way. He's definitely going to die soon, everybody. Yeah, don't we'll worry. Be we're we're going to pump this out. All right, so, Dr. G, when we last left our gorgeous listening public, Coriolanus was facing a dire point in his career. <laughs> oh, man, being put on trial. Yeah. Harsh. For what, he asks. For usurpation, they reply. And he's like, how? And they're like, duh. Uh, <laughs> not sure. But we but don't like your face. <laughs> definitely feeling it, though. Yeah. <laughs> I can't prove it, but I know you're thinking it. <laughs> yeah, yep. so Coriolanus is about to go on trial. For what? It's a bit unclear. The evidence, also a bit hazy. The evidence is sketchy, but it, yeah. it's mostly a factionalism issue. Yeah, this is all part of the larger story, really of the struggle between the patricians and the plebeians, which we have been telling for a long time. Oh, look, and this is a struggle that almost never ends. Yes. So, but we are deep in the struggle right now. We are deep in the struggle. Um, This is part of the classic struggle. Yeah. And the plebeians, with their tribunians in support, have come to the conclusion that the patrician conservative stance of Coriolanus is just not going to work for them. No, and I can understand that. He is pretty hardline, especially when it comes to, you know, grain. (laughs) Look, this is Feeding a guy people. who's not about compromise. No. He was like, chop off the grain supply. Let them starve. Yeah. Then see who the people decide <laughs> is in charge. It's the patricians. That's right. <laughs> the people in charge of the grain. <laughs> Anywho, so he's facing this whole trial issue. Okay. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, clearly the patricians hold all the cards. Because it seems like that is the moral of the story we've been telling for a long time. I like to say they hold all the old cards. That's true. That's true, yes. Um, however, the fact that there are tribunes around, you know, you guys have seen there's been changes happening. They don't always get their own way. Otherwise, Coriolanus wouldn't even be here. Yeah, and changes don't really go smoothly either. So perhaps this sort of conflict is to be expected on some level. The plebeians are asking for better representation from the patricians. And the patricians like, that's not how we've ever done things. And they're like, hello. (laughs) We don't like the way you used to do things. (laughs) BTW, guys. Yeah, so basically um, in Livy's account, which is the one that I'm mostly using, but I will dabble with Plutarch as well. Livy has this situation where with the trial coming up, the patricians are really pulling out all the stops to try and protect their guy, their dude, the main man, Coriolanus. 
They're doing this by, in Livy's account, trying to stop the plebeians from going to meetings and groups where they're going to, I guess, prepare for the trial, talk about the trial. I don't know. Um, and they're trying really hard to prevent them from doing that. And they're using their clients as a diversionary measure. Interesting. Now, as if, yeah, I know. I thought that was interesting too. But as you can imagine, it's not always effective. A secret meeting is secret for a reason. <laughs> um, and the plebeians are still managing to collect in groups and talk about things. It's not working. But there's also this really curious little detail um, in relation to this trial that Livy mentions, which I found really interesting. The idea that the patricians say to the plebeians, look, even if you don't think that Coriolanus is innocent, maybe you could just acquit him anyway as a favour, you know. <laughs> to us. Best buds please. and all. We go back a long way, like the founding of the Republic and all. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. Do you find that in Dionysius at all? Not really. I, think, I thought that was really no. weird. Um, but yeah. Um, I mean, there's clearly a huge uh, patrician faction in support. Yeah. So there is this sense of like, well, you know, like this is our guy. Please, you know, yes. be kind to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But the plebeians take... Uh, a fairly severe line, yes. which is matching the severity which Coriolanus himself adopts, yeah. which is, no, we're going to continue on with this action, foolhardy though it may be, yeah. because we want to see what happens next. Yeah, and exactly. we do, And we really want that grain. Uh, well, this is a weird, again, weird thing in Livy, he tends to speed through details, as our listeners will be aware if they have uh, checked out our back catalogue. Livy talks about the fact that Coriolanus doesn't really show up for the trial it seems yeah which is really curious yeah which is really definitely does in every other source yeah really weird basically (laughs) Livy seems to indicate that he doesn't show up which as you can imagine ticks the plebeians off even more (laughs) and therefore he is condemned in absentia yeah yeah well this is certainly not how it goes down in Plutarch um, he's there, no. but he doesn't say much because no, um, he doesn't get a real opportunity to. And when he does say things, it just pushes the vote against him. Yeah, um, it seems like Plutarch, again, I found this a bit curious. It almost seems like Coriolanus, who's on trial in Plutarch, is actually a bit blindsided by <laughs> yes. the, the things that are, are brought up at the trial. Perhaps because, as we talked about last episode, he had locked in that they were just going to be charging him with usurpation. <laughs> or so he thought. Yeah, yes. And then they surprise him with additional charges that he's not ready for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So however it falls out, it, it, it tends to get to the point where some similar things happen. Yes. He gets convicted. Fair enough. Yes. Um, aspiring to tyranny, he's going to argue stringently for the rest of his days that that is not what he was Doing. conspiring towards. No. And... Just Fair enough. Damn tribunes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's no real evidence to suggest that that's that he's trying to become a tyrant in no, any particular no, way. No, I, I don't think so either. He's just interested in things being the way they always were. Yeah, and he's not um, sure, shy about sharing that opinion. No. no. Um, and so uh, the conviction uh, is commuted uh, from a death sentence into perpetual banishment. Ooh, I like that. Perpetual banishment. <laughs> Get out of here. I never want to see your face again. Yeah, so I, li- I like the fact that Livy basically says that um, <laughs> he leaves town muttering <laughs> angry. Damn you. Yeah. Doesn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns up at home, doesn't say much to the wife, uh, doesn't say much to the kids, and it's kind of like, <laughs> and Lynn leaves. Did you have a bad day? Come on, we need to share, we need to talk about these. <laughs> Damn plebeians. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he leaves. Yes. Uh, so he 
He's not happy, accepts the outcome of the trial because there doesn't seem to be many options for him right now. No. And now he's mad at everyone. Yes. Well, this is the thing. I mean, Plutarch has... Plutarch, because as we've mentioned in previous episodes, he is writing biography. So his account of this whole thing is is rather stretched out and it is, I think, a lot more primetime TV account. So he's got, you know, Coriolanus, you know, bidding tearful farewells and then taking a few clients with him and that sort of thing. But the thing is, Dr. G... Where's an exiled patrician to go? There's not many places to go. No. I mean, Rome's the best place in the world. Everybody knows this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he starts wandering the countryside. Um, yeah. He heads south, as it turns out. Mm. Mm. Not for the winter. <laughs> uh, with the birds. <laughs> no, no, he's not migrating, as it were. Um, but he wanders off south and he heads kind of, perhaps surprisingly, mm. uh, towards the Volskians. Yeah, now these guys, in case you don't remember, he's fought pretty significant battles against these guys. Yeah, I, I mean, this is where he gets his name Coriolanus. Exactly, yeah. And he's therefore not perhaps the most popular person with I'd him. be guessing he wouldn't be really welcome no. in Volskian territory. No. Nevertheless... This is the path that he decides to take. Yeah. This means he has to go through all the Latin territory, and the Latins are currently in uh, a special league uh, with the Romans. Of course they are. The so, Latin League. Uh, the Latin League. <laughs> Cleverly uh, named. Yes. <laughs> Rather clever. Yeah. Um, so he goes through the Latin territory to get yeah. to the Volscian territory. Uh, and it's not really clear why he would decide to do that. It doesn't seem like a great move. Yeah, see, Plutarch, I think, uh, attributes him sort of stewing for a few days, wondering what to do, and then coming up with an evil plan, <laughs> which is to incite a war against Rome, to make them pay for what they've done, <laughs> the Ingles. Yes, and the yeah. only people who have an army of comparable strength to the Romans at this point in time are the Volskians. Oh, and he's oh, like, the irony. Well, he's like, well, I've got a chip on my shoulder against Rome, yeah. and I'm guessing the Volskians have a chip on their shoulder about Rome, so maybe yeah. we can enter into an alliance. <laughs> an alliance, I like it. <laughs> so yeah, he basically manages, um, you know, through various guile and... Uh... <laughs> Subterfuge. He sneaks into the house of, like, the most powerful man uh, in the city of Antium. My enemy's enemy is my <laughs> gets accepted at the hearth being like yo and uh, uh, one Attius Tullus is like what are you doing in my house <laughs> whoa 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 <laughs> I guess imagine like some major ninja moves happening <laughs> how did you get in here what are you doing are you here to kill me <laughs> calm yourself yes yes I'm here to with a very attractive proposal. Yes, I do. I have to admit, would you mind if I read a little bit of Plutarch? Oh, go for it. I do it. like the, the Plutarch speech. He's so dramatic. <laughs> I am Caius Marcius. You may recall, listeners, that that was his original name. He who has wrought thee in the Volscians most harm, and the surname of Coriolanus, which I bear, permits no denial of this. I have won no other prize for all the toils and perils which I have undergone than the name which is a badge of my enmity to your people. <laughs> Everything else I have been stripped through the envy and insolence of the Roman people and the cowardly treachery of the magistrates and those of my own order. I have been driven into exile too. And I am become a suppliant at thy hearth, not for the sake of security and safety, for why should I come hither if I were afraid of death, but with a desire to take a vengeance. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Rousing. <laughs> 
I just love it. It's so funny. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and, you know, as you can imagine, yeah. you've put yourself in the shoes of Tullus, of yeah. course. Of course, you're utterly convinced by this. Yes. And you're like, well, obviously, yeah. let's band together. Let's do this thing. Yeah. And then these two become, like, best buddies. Exactly. Uh, according to Plutarch, Tullus is very nice to Coriolanus, you know, Treats him as a man of rank ought to be treated, entertains him, plots with him, schemes with him, goes skipping through fields. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and arm, I made that last one up, but you get the gist. Yeah, so we have this moment where, like in these discussions between uh, Marcius, our yep. Coriolanus, yep. and Tullus, mm. uh, it's clear that what Coriolanus wants is a just war. Justice is kind of his thing. This is true. Um, yeah. He has felt very harsh, hardly done, hard done by, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the Romans and feels he's been treated unjustly. Totally. Yeah. And he's not willing to stand for that. No. But if he's to make war against the Romans, the pretext has to be good. Yes. And so... This is where Livy comes back into it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Livy gives quite a detailed um, description of how, meanwhile, back in Rome... <laughs> Um, they're planning to repeat uh, sorry have like a repeat ceremony of the great games which were for Jupiter Mm -hmm. because apparently um, because a slave had been whipped by his master like nearby I don't know nearby the rituals or something um, Jupiter was really displeased (laughs) was showing this displeasure in numerous ways Um, and so they decided well if we're going to get Jupiter back on side we're going to have to redo it we have to have a rewind (laughs) And so the Romans are busy doing this kind of thing. And this is going to play in Coriolanus's plans. Do you have a similar sort of story? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So we have this moment where uh, they decide to use the vehicle of the of Rome holding these games with yeah. everybody in the greater region yes. as the way in which they can elicit a just reason yeah. for going to war. Yeah. So they conceive this plan that they'll send in a whole bunch of young Volscian men into the city. Yes. And just sort of overrun it with their excitement for the coming games. Yeah. And uh, essentially to arouse suspicion. Because mm. um, there's so many Volscian young men in the city. See, this is actually, this is interesting because my, my account in Livy is slightly different. In Livy, um, Tullus, the guy that Coriolanus has been buddying up with, he actually asks to see the consuls in private while the games are going on and tells the consuls that there's going to be a disturbance during the games. It's a double bluff. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not that com- complicated uh, in mm. Dionysius as the cow. Yeah, Tullius even says, in fact, I'm going to leave because I don't want my honour stained by what's going to go down. <laughs> yeah. I know it's going to happen and I'm getting out of here. Pretty much, yeah. That is very interesting. Yeah, sorry, continue with your account. Yes. Um, uh, so, I mean, Tullus does uh, drum up antagonism uh-huh. um, towards Rome right, yeah, on the yeah. part of the Volskians. Of course. And that shouldn't be too hard, though, given their yeah, history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he waits for that moment for yeah. when uh, the Volskians have been expelled from the city. Ah, um, yes. Because, unfortunately, the Roman Senate is a little bit on edge. Yep. And there's also the plebeians uh, making their wishes known. Yep. And everybody's a little bit confounded by there being so many Volskians in the city. And they're All like, right. this is just a little bit too much for these games. And they can't really decide what they should do. And they're like... It's a little too Volsky, not a laugh room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going on here? And yeah. it's like, look, the numbers are just... It's just a little bit dangerous. I think we're going to have to send them out of the city. Mm, see, this, we'll... the Senate, I think in my version of Livy, like, they send the Volskians out because of what Tullus said. Um, yeah, but anyway, but same thing. They end up leaving the city. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So in Dionysius's account, there is a informer 
that right. is being sent by ah. tourists ah. Uh, to do that sort of job. I see. Yeah, I see. yeah. So they have a stand-in man who's like, look, something's going to go down, guys. Yeah, yeah, okay. um, so, yeah. So Tullus's hands are really clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tullus is just basically waiting outside the gates as the Volskians are getting expelled. He's like, come here, boys. Yeah. Let's talk about what happened. <laughs> there, you there, know. dry your eyes. Now, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Are the Romans being mean to you? I think this is a problem. Yeah, well, as I said, the Volskians, of course, being driven out of the city when they were expecting to be having a good time. Because it seems as though, I mean, it seems to me in my account that the Volskians don't really know that this is happening, that Tullus and Coriolanus are totally playing everybody off against everybody. And the Volskians at first are, like, super scared because the Romans are driving them out of the city. They're like, what's going on? Yeah, I'm and they, for the games. They, I, I think they don't really know, you know what's going on and why. But then after they left, as you say, they start to be, get really angry because, of course... This is a massive insult that they are considered too polluted to take part in the religious festivals. Mm. And they're a rewind game anyway. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, but we're here. Yeah, Uh, they think think it's like a great dishonor. Yeah, and Mm. this is important because it means that the Volskians are actually in for the war for real. Yes, Um, exactly. They're offended. They're like, what's going on? Yeah. And Tullus is like, well, we let... Like, Rome just expel us when we're supposed to be friends and have this treaty. Yep. Are you going to let them shame you like this? Are you going to go home to your families after being expelled from Rome for being polluted? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, And this is the moment where he's like, look, you know, maybe we should get some advice on this issue from, uh, you know, Coriolanus. He's a Roman. He's, 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 he's right just here. been expelled as well. <laughs> you know? You guys are so much in common. A, yeah. Like, <laughs> a bit of a parallel yeah. going on. Like, <laughs> like, let's think about this. Mm. And that's the moment Coriolanus starts to speak to the Volskians. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, this is just it. it in, in Livy's account, the indignation that Tullus excites um, makes the people so furious, especially because he adds on the extra layer of, you know, if you hadn't left, the Romans were planning to kill you, right? And they're like, what? <laughs> hey. Yeah. Don't, don't think that would have happened, but anyway. Um, yeah, basically all the Volskins go off. There's this huge revolt, and they decide, yep, we're definitely going to go to war against Rome, and the commanders for the war are, surprise, surprise, Tullus and Coriolanus. Yeah, now, yeah, and this is like... A narrative that makes no sense. I know. Why would Coriolanus people? Do? <laughs> yeah. Why would you go from being the guy that the Volskians hate to yeah. being the guy in charge of the Volskian Even army? Even if you and Tullus have sparked off a massive bromance, <laughs> I don't think that's going to mean dick to the Volskian <laughs> nation at large. You wouldn't have thought so. No. Um, and for Dionysius's. Uh, narrative. This means that there's got to be a lot of explanation. Yes. So Coriolanus gets up in front of the Volskians. Uh-huh. Um, they all um, collect themselves at Etria, uh, which is to the southeast of Rome, which yeah. is like a, a nearby Volskian city. Sure. And he's like, look, let me say my piece. Yeah. Yes, I'm in the same sort of situation you guys. I got expelled from Rome. Yeah. It was completely unjust. Yeah. And I can see that you're going through the same sort of things. Mm. And... You know, it's the sort of thing where it's like, you know, I'm interested in justice. I'm interested in the best way of doing things. This is my deal, guys. Yeah. You know, I'm interested in governance where it's the aristocracy against the bad men. I don't like populism. I'm after bestness. Everyone's <laughs> like, okay. And like, they're like, you're going off topic. Like, you know. Um, but he <laughs> really, really, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on, come on. <laughs> and he's like, but, you know, I think, you know, this is the style of government I'm interested in. And I've sought you guys out because I think it's going to be better. And I'm just so grateful for 
being here with you guys today. And, you know, maybe maybe we should do this together. Maybe. Let me guess. The Volskians are totally down for this shindig. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know the Romans fear you guys more than anybody else. <laughs> oh, that's you know, they, He's a smoothie. He's yeah, a smoothie. Yeah, he pulls out that line. <laughs> and he's like, and, you know, we've got to have a righteous and just pretext for war. Yeah. And I really feel like we've got one now. Yeah. And I'm so with you. And I just love to be involved in any way that I can, you know. And so they're like, help a brother out. Give that guy command. <laughs> he might yeah. not be Volskian, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, use me in any way that's going to be useful to you. Do you ever think they maybe put him in charge because they just wanted him to shut up? <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like that. <laughs> But, you know, he talks a lot about having the gods on side. Yeah. And he basically offers himself in whatever capacity that they would like. See, it's so funny because, yet again, Plutarch has a completely... Well, not completely, but, like, a slightly different way that this unfolds as well. In that it seems like there are a lot more people involved. Coriolanus and Tullius are, you know, conferring with the chief men of the Volsci. And they decide that the Romans are going to provide the pretext, as we know. Coriolanus is the one that sends a warning about the Volskians going to attack there, and that's why they get kicked out. Interesting. Exactly, yeah. And then the Volskians in Plutarch's account send ambassadors to Rome after all this has gone down, asking for their land back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Yes. Asking for the land back becomes very important. Yeah. And and it's after that that they vote for war. Yeah. Yeah. Asking Mm. for the land back becomes like the recurring trope of the whole Volskian movement. Um, I feel like Moses took a book <laughs> <laughs> from the Volskians. <laughs> but before they even get to that point in Dionysius, Sorry, um, yes. the Volskians basically fall all over themselves, being like, oh my god, he likes us. <laughs> um, and oh, we thought all these years that you were like attacking us and killing us, that we didn't like us, and you totally do. You totally and the, do. And now you've turned up and it's like, and we can do anything with you, anything at all. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> can so, we dress you up? Can we put you in armor? Can we yeah, make it all shiny? Yeah, yeah. Can we put you at the front of the army? Because we know you're good. You're good at that. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah I'll do that for. Um, what did I say guys anything yeah, yeah. so like with uh, Tullus getting up and sort of vouching for him as well the Volskians vote wait for this yeah uh, that he can be a member of the senate in every Volskian city wow he can have the privilege of standing for the magistracies everywhere mm. and should share in all other honors that were most highly prized among them wow they're yeah. really going all out. Yeah. That must mean one heck of a speech. Yeah. Yeah. They gave him some full citizenship rights right there. Mm. And then they decide to send some ambassadors. Right. This is when the land request yeah. happens. They're like, yeah. we'd like our land back, please. Um, Shocking when the Rome goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're feeling a little bit offended that uh, you threw us out of your city. Um, we'd like our land back, please. Yeah. <laughs> and Rome is like, mm, no. no. <laughs> mm, thinking about it, no. They say things like, we will never show any sign of weakness oh, well. or relinquish any of our conquests. You know, this is the way the Greeks and the barbarians do it, so don't expect us to be any different. Ah, uh, the Romans. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know, why should we lose through folly and cowardice what we have acquired through valor and courage? <laughs> Fair enough, Romans, fair <laughs> enough. I think they're just trying to yank your chain anyway. <laughs> and that's the moment the Volskians declare war. Exactly, yeah. That's pretty much what happens in Plutarch. Yeah, Tullus calls an assembly of the people. They say yes to war. Yes, a thousand times. These Romans are so hardline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and in, in Plutarch's account, uh, Tullus puts Coriolanus forward, as you said. 
and this is where he's like, dude, they're a terrible. If he was a terrible enemy, then he's going to be a good ally. I don't know how that logic necessarily works, but it works for them at that time. He becomes mm. commander as well. And even better, like uh, it has this moment in Dionysius where Coriolanus basically says to Tullus, look, I think we should divide up the command, mm. like where there's one guy in charge of the army that's running around doing things and somebody else is in charge of the army that stays home for defense. Ooh. And he's like, and I'm going to let you choose which one you want to be in charge of. That is actually remarkably accommodating for Coriolanus. (laughs) And Tullus is like, but you're just so good at attacking people. I think you should be in charge of the attacking army, and I'll stay home with the defensive. Now, see, we have had a story somewhat like this previously with Roman consuls, where it was like, no, you should. No, you should. No, really, you're so much better at this. I couldn't possibly. But I'm guessing that with Coriolanus, he goes, all right, I am good at that. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, you know it was your choice. Yeah. I accept the wisdom of the decision. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, chose, you chose well. Yeah, see, in Pluto's account, I actually like this. One of Coriolanus's uh, game plans is that they're going to only attack plebeian land, not land owned by the patricians of Rome, basically because he knows that is going to cause massive internal problems because the plebeians are going to be all like, what? And the patricians We're are going to be We're being victimized. Yeah, exactly. The patricians yeah. are like, and your point is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so he that that's kind of part of his game plan. So he's clearly hoping to sort of Rome will slightly implode from yes. the external pressure, I think. Yeah. So yeah. he's trying to take them down from within by playing the factions off each other. Totally. So Which is wise. Yeah. After all, who knows better than Coriolanus? How much the Fabians hate the patricians? <laughs> yeah. So I mean Coriolanus and Tullus both go around just sort of doing some general pillaging. Yep. They're like, this will be fine, let's steal lots of animals, let's take all the corn. Yep. You know, and we'll set fire to the country houses of well-to-do plebeians. Dangerous game. Yes. Dangerous game. So the farms of the plebeians suffer the most in these early attacks. Mm. And yeah, he's, not, he's not fully marching on Rome yet. No, they're just in the hinterland, in the surrounding areas. And they're like, look, we'll, we'll take what comes. And because they've already declared war, yeah. but it's not really the season as yet, Rome's not expecting it. Mm. They're expecting the Volscians to do the traditional thing and wait for the war season to start. Ha, that's, ah. that's their second mistake. Ah. <laughs> uh, Volscians are not playing that game. <laughs> and they're like, nah, we've declared war, we're getting into it straight away. Yeah, see, Livy in his usual truncated version of things, he basically talks about how Coriolanus sets about recapturing Rome's latest conquests, and he lists off a whole bunch of, bunches of places, like Satricum, Longula, Polusca, and of course... Oh, knife in the heart. Coriolanus. <laughs> the way they gave him his name. Now that's... <laughs> oh, how could he? He's taken back the... Oh, damn. <laughs> so the those cities, interestingly, yeah. in Dionysius' account, come yeah. up much later. Well, I figured they probably would, because as you know, Livy tends to steam ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, like For Livy, that's very compressed. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. Livy is skipping right to the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so fair enough. So tell me, what is what is what else is Coriolanus up to in, in uh, oh, Dionysius' account? Goodness me. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the uh, plebeians and patricians in Rome start going at each other, yep. not being able to come into answers. The patrician is like, I don't know what happened. The plebeian is like, I think you do because our farms got burnt, not yours. Are you so sure you, you must didn't be... just fall asleep yeah. with a cigarette in your mouth again? <laughs> and it's like, I think you know who's behind this. I think you know what's going on. I think you patricians are all in league with each other. Mm. Are you helping Coriolanus? And things like this. So that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. And... Then we have just some general extra pillaging. 
tensions rise yeah, in Yeah, I mean, Plutak definitely mentions that, uh, you know, Coriolanus is having, you know, huge successes and capturing lots of booty and the the uh, Coriolanus. Yeah. The Volskians, they may as well be Coriolanians, they love him so much. <laughs> um, the Volskians are super impressed, very happy with him. Yeah, it mm. goes through this whole series. Um, Dionysus goes through this whole series of, like, different moments and cities that he comes across. Yeah, yeah. And how he engages in a siege, and then the city gives up for some reason. Because <laughs> um, he keeps going at them, and he's got so many troops. And they keep stealing booty. So he's basically just moving around the countryside. Yep. And accumulating booty, accumulating more grain, ruining another city, taking yep. possession of it, yep. recruiting more people, getting more people involved. And so his army's getting bigger and bigger. And do you feel that romance? Do you feel that head tying <laughs> around your neck? And in Rome. Yeah. Um, and in Rome. Yeah. You know, the tensions are rising, but nobody seems to be able to come to any decision. They feel decisions. the pressure. They feel the pressure. Yeah, and Dionysius yeah. suggests that, like, it doesn't seem to matter, even when the year changes and they get some new consuls, that all of the consuls that they've got at the moment are very inexperienced in war. Mm, so nobody's, nobody's yeah. very good at anything. No, and um, the citizens, I mean, in Plutarch's account, while all this internal strife is going on, the citizens are typically going, well, we're not going to fight, <laughs> for heaven's sake. <laughs> and even worse, the Latin League is starting to get attacked. Latin cities are getting attacked by the Volscian army yep. that's moving around, marauding in the countryside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go to Rome, and they're like, well, you're supposed to be looking after us. We're in a, an alliance. Like, what's up? And Rome's just, like, dithering, being like, well, we don't really know. Yeah. Because we're arguing amongst <laughs> ourselves. Come to <laughs> Yes. Trouble with plebeians. Yeah. Do not compute. Um, and so they eventually concede to the Latin League members that they can start to raise their own armies for their own self-defense. Well. Which was not a condition. I was going to say. I was going to say. That's yeah. outside the bounds of the treaty. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Yeah. Because Rome at the moment just can't handle it. And they're like, yeah. look, you might have to look after your own defense yeah. and raise your own armies. And the Latins are like, oh, well, thank you. Well, and we'll go off and do that. It seems to be, and this is kind of, again, like maybe something you're not expecting. In Plutarch's account, he says that the plebeians even moot the idea that um, they repeal the exile of Coriolanus to try and put an end to all of this. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And the patricians in the Senate veto their suggestion Either because they are just that batshit crazy that they want to go against anything the plebeians suggest, um, or they don't want the plebeians to be the one to restore him, and they're kind of now angry at Coriolanus. <laughs> I kind of feel like in the latter makes much more sense. Otherwise, the patricians really are the most insane people I've ever met. Yeah, <laughs> there is a whole section on this in Dionysius. I so, they but would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm probably skipping all over no, your little. No, no, no. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does happen. We do have this moment where everyone in Rome is like, maybe the solution is just to ask him to come home. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, <laughs> we're a bit hasty, Coriolanus. Maybe yeah, you should come maybe, back. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Um, but before that happens, yeah. like Rome has a whole bunch of allies defect. The mm. Aquians disappear. And they're like, I'm out <gasps> of here. Not the Aquians. Yeah. They've been around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, nah, nah, to- totally not getting involved here. Yeah. Um, the Volskians keep marauding. And a whole bunch, it goes through, oh, goodness me. So we have this sense in what is happening in Dionysus of Halicarnassus' narrative yes. is this huge loss of Roman virtus. Yeah. Its manliness is on the line here and it is not surviving well. Well, yeah, I mean, Rome is essentially ignoring the cries for help, as you said. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like the Latins are all like, hello. Yeah, and I've got pages and pages of marauding Volskians just taking city after city totally. after yeah. city after, like, setting up for a siege and then deciding to just run out the walls and then making it through and then just moving on to the next one. Yep. And within a really short period of time one after the other 
Um, yeah, in Plutarch, it's places like Capture, which I found hilarious, <laughs> and also Tellarium, which I also found hilarious. <laughs> Just sounds like something that shouldn't be associated with warfare. Like, who are these people? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Labicum, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Pedum. Pedum, yes. Mm. Corbio. Bola. Uh, yes, Bola yeah. is raised. All the inhabitants taken as slaves. Yep, yep. Uh, it's bad. It's a very bad yeah, situation. Yeah, one of the worst is... Uh, Bolivier, um, which is a substantial Latin city, the biggest one that the Volskians take. <laughs> you know, I just realized the reason why I said ooh is because it made me think of Butch Cassidy in the Sundance. <laughs> <laughs> a different, yeah, a different yeah, sorry, scenario. A different <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Fair listeners. enough. Sorry, listeners. Thought I was recognizing something then realized I was way out of context. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. Yeah, so yeah. basically we, we weren't go through quite every single little detail of these warfares but basically Coriolanus is increasingly getting close to Rome itself yeah and and certainly the Romans begin to seek Coriolanus's return to Rome yeah and they are starting to actually pull together a little bit finally yeah. the Romans always do this at the end of the day guys you know they might have their fights and their tears mm-hmm. and their tantrums, but at the end of the day, they pull together. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> at yeah. least at this point in time. Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, yeah. yeah, so we have the the entire populace shouted for his return. Mm. And my comment on this is, why? This seems a rather rapid turn of events. <laughs> the Just narrative becomes suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would prompt them to change their mind? Mm. Why not just kill Coriolanus instead? Maybe because of the massive amount of Volskians around him. Well, I think it's really interesting. He gets exiled and banished on account of... Being good at war. Attempting attempting usurpation and tyranny. And it's like, and now the guy's at your gate with an army and is like, I'm going to kill you good. (laughs) And everyone is like, wait a minute, why don't you just come home? And I was like, hasn't he just demonstrated that he's really interested if he's got the chance at tyranny right now? Now. And he's also super capable of yeah. it. Well, should we perhaps pause there at this moment where Coriolanus <gasps> is kind of at the gates? At the gates, at of, the gates Rome. of Rome. Oh, the tension. I promise you, listeners, next next episode, it will be the end, one way or another, for Coriolanus. <laughs> <laughs>